This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you who are watching at this time, and may I welcome you, especially if you're watching for the very first time. Thank you for tuning in. Now today, we're going to be discussing this Bible topic, the devil. I tried to think of some sensational way to announce that topic, but I don't know of any way to do it other than just to tell you we're going to talk about the devil. Now, we continue to offer the free Bible correspondence course, and for the benefit of those who may be watching for the first time, we want you to have the opportunity of knowing more about the course, how to receive the course, so let's pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free. 1-877-711-5214. I'm reading now from the 6th chapter of Ephesians, verses 10 through 12. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may, may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. I'm aware of the fact that the age in which we live, many people no longer believe in the reality of Satan. They think that that's just something from the past and that's outdated to think about the fact that there could possibly be a, a personality that we call Satan. But Satan is real. We can deny it if we please, but it does not change the facts. Satan is real. There are several reasons that I make that statement. We can know that Satan is real by observation. So someone has to be behind all of the bloody wars that snuff out the lives of our finest young women and men. So someone has to be behind all of the crime that's being committed in this country. So someone has to be behind all of the of the taking of lies needlessly because of drug trafficking and drug war lords. So someone has to be behind all of the greed that we see in high places today. Who's behind all of that if there is no evil one? Experience proves that there is a devil. Every time I go into a funeral home to try to comfort a family that's just lost someone that they love, I am reminded 
again and again that all of the suffering and all of the sorrow and crying in this world goes back in reality to the devil and the devil's work in the very beginning of time. Observation and experience tell us that the devil is real. But another reason that we can know Satan is real is because the scriptures affirm it. Why in the fourth chapter of Matthew in verse number one, we're told that Jesus was led by the spirit up into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He was tempted by Satan. And of course, Jesus in being tempted did not sin according to Hebrews chapter four and verse 15. In uh, Matthew, the 25th chapter and verse 41, Jesus said, Depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Hell originally was prepared for the devil and for his angelic host, his evil angels. And so Jesus said that Satan is real. It's real. Then in Acts, the fifth chapter, well, the apostle Peter said to Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart? His heart had been filled by Satan. In John, the eighth chapter, and in verse 44, Jesus said, you are of your father, the devil. So you see, some people have Satan as their father and the desires of your father you want to do. And then he describes him. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. And he is the father of lies. He speaks a lie. He speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. He doesn't even know the truth. He doesn't know how to tell the truth. He always misrepresents the truth. John 8 and verse 44. And so the Bible teaches that Satan is real. For example, if you turn over to the book of Ephesians chapter 2 and you look at verse number 1, and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that who works now in the sons of disobedience. The sons of disobedience, that is people who are disobedient, that did not obey God, have a spirit working in them. And that spirit that's working in them is referred to as the prince of the power of the air. And over in the fourth chapter of Ephesians, there Paul just put it plainly in verse 27, neither give place to the devil. Just don't give him a place. Don't give him an opportunity. Don't give him a foothold in your life. He's real. The Bible says he's real. And then in Ephesians 6 again, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, against the schemes of the devil, against the tricks of the devil. 
Satan indeed is real. He's referred to in the Bible as the God of this world. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4, the Bible says, For our gospel, if our gospel be hid, it is to hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world had blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of God should shine unto them. And so here he is referred to as the God of this world. And he is called the tempter. Look in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 5. For this reason, when I could no longer endure it, I sent to know your, your faith, lest by some means the tempter had tempted you, and our labor might be in vain. Well, now Paul was wanting to know how these brethren were doing. For there was the danger that Satan would tempt them and that they would yield to that temptation. So here he's referred to as the tempter. God is not the tempter of man. James chapter 1 and verse 13 says, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But a man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust, and when the lust is conceived, it bringeth forth sin. Sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. Satan is the one who puts those temptations out there in front of us. Satan is also referred to as being our a captor of mankind. For example, in 2 Timothy chapter, 24, uh, chapter 2, beginning in verse 24, And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient. In humility, correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance, so that they may know the truth. Now look at verse 26. And that they may come to their senses. Some people are not in the right mind, evidently. He said that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. You see, Satan has snares. He has uh, bait that he throws out, and, and when men bite the bait like a fish biting the, the bait on the end of a fishing line, devil reels them in. They're taken captive by him. Satan is described in that way in the Bible. He is the one who takes men captive. And he's also the one who, who controls sinners. I want to call your attention to a passage in the book of 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8. He who sins is of the devil. Now if there was a period there, that would be strong enough. He who sins is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. So the man who sins is of the devil. And the devil has sinned from the beginning. Now that being the case, when the Bible says that the whole world lies in iniquity, that the whole world lies in sin, that means that Satan has a pretty large family. So he said, he who sins is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning, 
And for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. That simply means that he was sent into this world. Why did was he sent? That he might destroy the works of the devil. Why Jesus Christ came into the world to, per to destroy the works of Satan. But Satan controls sinners. He that is a sinner is of the devil. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8. And then when the word of God is sown in people's hearts, sometimes the devil comes along and he takes that word out. For example, in Luke the 8th chapter, I want to read verse 12 to you. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. That is the word of God. Verse 11 says the seed is the word of God. So they hear the word of God. Those by the wayside hear the word of God. Then the devil comes, and what does the devil do? He takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. So when the word of God is sown, that's when the devil goes to work. You know the reason the devil goes to work when the word of God is sown? is because he knows that if that word falls into a good heart, that it's going to bring forth good fruit. He knows that if that seed is sown in the heart of a good man and an honest person, that it's going to produce a Christian. And so, those by the wayside of those who hear, then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their heart. Because if, when he takes the word out of their hearts, he knows that they're not going to believe and he knows they're not going to be saved. You see, the devil is mighty busy. He is a very busy individual, isn't he? The devil steals the word out of the hearts of mankind. And he also has those who are teaching things that are not correct. I want to call your attention to a passage or so in the second Corinthian letter. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, and uh, beginning in verse number uh, 13. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder. Well, why should we not wonder about that? For Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. That is, he pretends to be something he's not. And therefore, it is of no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness whose end will be according to their work. I say again, let no one think me a fool. Otherwise, at least receive me as a fool that I may boast a little. And so Paul says, they are those that are, that are false teachers. They're deceitful workers. And they transform themselves. They pretend to be something that they are not. And he said, there's no wonder. That's no great wonder. Because even the devil himself does the same thing. He transforms himself into an angel of light. He, he, he claims that he's bringing peace. When in reality he brings turmoil. He claims that he brings love, but he brings hate. 
He claims that he brings unity, but what he brings instead of unity is division. Why, he said it's no great thing, but if his ministers, Satan has his ministers. He has those who are working on his behalf because they listen to him. And he said they transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, and the end of them will be according to their works. And so Satan works through people, and he has false teachers. Well, let me ask you a question. What is he doing, and what does he want? Well, first of all, he wants you, and he wants me. In Luke, the 22nd chapter, in verse 31, Jesus came to Peter, and he said, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But, but I have prayed for you that your faith fail not, and when you're converted, strengthen the brethren. Well, he said, I want you to know, Peter, the devil wants you. You remember seeing those signs many years ago? Uncle Sam wants you. Well, Satan wants you, and he wants me. That's what he's after. He wants us. And Satan also wants to tempt us. He is the one who is our tempter. He wants to tempt us to do things that are a little bit on the shady side. He tempts us to do things that we may have some doubts about. He says, just go ahead and do it. But if sinners entice you, consent thou not, Proverbs 1 and 10, and when the devil entices you, when the devil attempts you, then have the courage to say no. The Satan also is walking around like a hungry lion. First Peter chapter 5 and verse 8 says, Be sober and be vigilant. Well, why? Because your adversary, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. He's looking for people he can gobble up. And he wants to do that with you. He wants your children. He wants your wife. He wants your husband. He wants your grandchildren. He wants them. And he's working overtime nowadays to get them. And if we're going to counteract what the devil is trying to do, we're going to have to get mighty busy trying to do something to save not only our souls, but the souls of those that we love. And we start out by getting down on our knees and asking God for wisdom, asking God for help, asking God to help me, to help other people that they might go to heaven. You see, the devil is like a hungry lion, and he walks around seeking whom he may devour. And Satan causes people to lie. You ever wondered why you, you, you hear an individual, they tell something you know is not true? And you wonder, why do they do that? Well, when it would have been much easier to tell the truth. It's because they have allowed the devil to get control of their heart. In Acts chapter 5, when Peter came to Ananias, he said, Why has Satan filled your heart to lie? 
You see, he had allowed the devil to get in his heart, and he caused him to lie. And Satan also wants to get you in, a, in the world. He wants you to be of the world. You see, Satan knows, according to Galatians 5, 19 and following, that the works of the flesh will result in your damnation. Listen to what he write, Paul writes here. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. The devil wants you to be out here in the world. He wants you to practice those kinds of things because he knows that if you practice such things, that you'll be lost. That's exactly what the devil is trying to do. And he also wants to break up your home. The devil has always worked against the human family. Since that first family in the Garden of Eden, he's worked to break up the human family. Who was it that caused Adam and Eve to be driven out of the Garden of Eden? You say, well, the Lord drove them out. But, but why did the Lord drive them out? Well, it's because they ate of the tree that was in the midst of the garden. But why did they eat of the tree that was in the midst of the garden? Well, because the devil tempted all. Oh, we're getting somewhere now. The devil tempted them. And he caused them eventually to be driven out. They were deceived by the cunning craftiness of the evil one. And there have been families broken up since the very beginning of time because of the intervention of Satan in those families. And what the Satan really tries to do is to get between a man and his wife. He knows that if he can drive a wedge between a man and his wife that he can destroy that family. He knows that if he can destroy that relationship between a husband and wife, that he can eventually destroy the children in that relationship. Now, there are a lot of ways that the devil goes about driving that wedge between a husband and wife. One way, it may get the husband so busy with his job that he doesn't take time with the family, and then he and his wife begin to drift apart. It may be that the wife gets involved with someone and, and the husband finds out that there is another individual that stands between he and his wife and that causes the eventual breakup of that family. There are lots of things that the devil does to drive a wedge between a husband and a wife. But you see, what he wants to do is destroy your family. He wants your children eventually to be in a devil's hell. And I repeat, we must work hard today to counteract all of the evil things the devil is trying to do. He can, we can do something about it. We can defeat him. Well, the first thing we can do, according to James chapter 4 and verse 7, is we resist him. You've got to resist him. And the Bible says that if you do, 
You know what Satan will do? He will flee. You resist him and he will flee. Another thing that we can do is stand up against him. Uh, Ephesians 4.27 says don't give place to the devil. And that means that you've got to have some backbone. And you've got to stand up against him. And in this secular world in which we live, in the humanistic type world in which we live, in the materialistic world in which we live, you've got to have an extra measure of courage to stand against the old devil. He's wanting to destroy each and every one of us. That's why the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, Finally, my brethren, be strong. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might, the power of God's might. You'll never defeat the devil with your own power, your own might. He said you've got to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against the uh, rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Now let me read verse 13. Therefore take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. So in verse uh, number uh, a 10, he says that you may be able to stand. In verse 13, he says to withstand, and having done all to stand. We must take a stand against the evil one, and we must say it is enough. It is enough. And my allegiance to, is to Jesus Christ and to him alone. He can be defeated. We give our lives to Jesus Christ by believing on him, by repenting of our sins, confessing our faith in him, by being baptized into Jesus Christ for the remission of our sins, Acts 2.38. We are added to the church, Acts 2.47. We live a faithful Christian life. We walk in the light as he is in the light, 1 John chapter 1 and verse number 7. And then because we have lived that faithful, dedicated Christian life, one day heaven will be our home. Satan can be defeated. I want to read a passage to you in closing from Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto the death. We overcome the Lamb, overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb, by the blood of Jesus. May God bless us all as we serve Him, and until we meet again, may the Lord bless you, keep you, is my prayer. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to 
Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible. Oh,